You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone, to hour number two of today's Real Presence Live on February 13th. Yeah, Fat Tuesday. That's right. Eat it up today, people, because starting tomorrow, we have Lent. It's Ash Wednesday. Of course, it's Valentine's Day, Ash Wednesday. Deacon Harold Burke, of course, reminded us to not just to pray, but fast. And not just fast from food. Let's really try to do some act of self-denial that not only do we just give up for Lent and then go right back to it, but maybe let's consider making a life change, a habit that we can keep with us. So pray about that and think about that. Well, speaking of things we celebrate, we have Mary Pat Yonner, the director of the St. Gianna and Pietro Mala Maternity Home, and Father Joseph Christensen, who, of course, is the chaplain there. Welcome, Mary Pat. Hello. Welcome. Welcome, Father Joseph. Well, uh, thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. You know, as I was saying the title, Mary Pat, of of the home there, I think all of us all used to know it as just the St. Gianna Home, but now it's St. Gianna and Pietro Mala Maternity Home. Tell us a little bit of why the name changed and who he is and why it's important. Sure. Our our name started out as Blessed Gianna, then she was Ah. canonized, um, and so then it was St. Gianna, and now we've added St. Gianna and Pietro Mala Maternity Home about a year and a half that we've been a full name, which which is a lot to answer the phone <laughs> and say our full name. Um, yeah. And I know it's a big change for a lot of people, but really, they were a holy couple. They were united, you know, two became one. And there's so many things that always, when we were telling the story about St. Gianna, it also includes her relationship with Pietro, who was there with her and in that sacrifice that she's so well known for. But beyond that, he was also a single father for so many years. Um, he, you know, suffered much in his long life, and we do a lot of, you know, spiritual help for people here, not just pregnant people, but also people who have cancer and different things like that. And so really, Pietro has been always so much a part of our work and our home here, and it was um, their daughter, um, Gianna Emanuela, who suggested it two years ago um, after giving Heart Day. She had prayed for us to both of her parents, and she said maybe you would consider renaming your home, and so we did consider that and, you know, wholeheartedly embraced that, and we've been very blessed by Pietro and his intercession, and now we officially have that name, and I think that someday we'll also officially um, have him as Blessed Pietro, too, and then, then Saint, so we might end up changing our name a little <laughs> bit more in the future as well. And, and, and that's all right. That's all right. Mary Pat, um, tell our listeners a little bit about how you got to the, the maternity home and, and, and your life within there. How long have you been there? Um, well, more than 20 years, because mm-hmm. I moved up here in July of 2001 before we opened our doors, okay. and kind of a long, you know, crazy road there, but God was leading all, all the steps on the way. I used to be a teacher um, in Fargo, mostly, although I ended up also on the reservation and Sacred Heart as I moved here, and we worked to get it open, but just really kind of seeing the need with some former students and their friends and things like that, and then also working. Father Hills had been here in Warsaw and was praying about what to do with this building, and Colleen Sampson, who's the director at the Pregnancy Center, had, you know, come up with the need, and um, they actually sent out a letter asking if anyone was interested in helping start a maternity home, and that coincided with me being out in California working with missionaries of charity at a home similar in many ways to this home, and um, but I didn't know her at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in that Jubilee year 2000, starting with the um, Feast of Our Lady Guadalupe, um, God put things together, and... Um, 
we kept moving forward and the doors didn't close. So here we are 20 some years later and um, have really been able to see what God has done. That's beautiful, Mary Pat. Father Joseph, now you have a, yes. a story too to, to tell us a little bit about yourself. I know that you were a parochial vicar at St. Santa Joachim for a while, but now you actually uh, are in a different role. Tell us that road, that story. Uh, actually, when I was parochial vicar at St. Santa Joachim, Mary Pat called me. Uh-huh. When he uh, moved back to his home diocese, said, give Father Joseph a call. <laughs> he won't say no. <laughs> <laughs> I see. And when Mary Pat asks, right, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's always important, and it's always helping, uh, helping others. And uh, I, I just thought, after I hung up with her, I, I, how can I say no? It's one. It's the pro-life movement is right in our backyard, mm-hmm. and I, I need to, I need to do something. I need to help in a concrete way, and this is the way I can do that. So, so I said yes and started coming up here usually about once a month in 2007, um, and gradually that got a little more often every couple weeks or every week or so. Um, and at the same time, I, I was discerning uh, religious life and, and founding religious community with uh, Bishop Aquila and our now Archbishop Aquila, and uh, so he uh, allowed me to do that. And so in 2011, May 31st, I uh, was invested and made vows, and the next day I moved up here and uh, began working in person here in Warsaw, residing here and, and helping with, uh, more directly uh, than with the work uh, of, of the home, mm-hmm. and it's been a, a great journey. It's been great blessings, especially being here. You know, you can much more readily win the trust of the women, and they get to know you. And uh, we definitely live the Catholic faith here. And so, as their babies come along and they need baptism, and then it's a great segue to say, "How about your life? How about your mm-hmm. relationship with God?" And so many of them have uh, grown in their faith, have joined the church, or have re-entered uh, more fully than in the church with confirmation if they had already been Catholic. And there's been many blessings in baptizing the children or in, in helping the mothers in their faith journey. That's beautiful. And I can't help but think, Father, as, as we look at St. Gianna and then Pietro Mala, the importance of the mother and the father, right? And I just see you are that father figure. Not only are you the father figure, you are, are a father. You're the priest. You can bring the sacramental life to these people, but you're also that fatherly presence that so many of them need. Maybe they've been abused, right? Maybe they have a bad um, image, right, of fatherhood, but you can be that positive image, can't you? Right, every day, just being present, uh, being kind, a smile, a conversation, being encouraging, praying with them, praying for them, uh, the sacraments or counsel, you know, you know, spiritual kind of counseling or direction, any of those aspects, uh, just being around, being at the campfire, being uh, making pizza with them, uh, eating a meal, just all the aspects of everyday fatherhood and, and life that, that um, is so important because in many senses their father and or the father of their child has failed them or is failing them, is not there, is not uh, giving them that fatherhood that they need. So true. We'll dig into that a little bit deeper, too, uh, a little later. Mary Pat, let's go back to you, and let's talk a little bit about, we have, of course, uh, 20 years you've been doing this. Tell our listeners a little bit about what services do you provide and uh, for these last 20 years. Sure. I, I mean, our, our main apostolate is walking with these women when they mm-hmm. come to us anytime during their pregnancy um, and beyond, and having them stay here, whether they choose a place for adoption or they choose to parent, you know, so we've had women as young as 12 and as old as 39 live here. 
some live here a few weeks, some live here a few months, some live here a few years. You know, we've really worked with the whole gamut. We, you know, our kind of our mission is one mother, one baby, one family at a time. We're not ever huge, um, but, you know, it adds up. Um, we've had about 370-some <laughs> women and children live here, and when you add the house mothers, you know, in these 20 years, there's been 400 people who've called mm-hmm. this home their home, which is, is a lot over the years. We also work with our moms when they move out. Um, you know, a lot of them don't have a stable family or support system, and that's why they come here. And so we continue, you know, to work with them every step of the way as much as we can as a family, you know, with holidays or with hard times with them or, you know, however however we can, obviously spiritually, but more than that if we, if we can accommodate that as well. So true. Father, talk a little bit about the, the last, uh, well, you've been, uh, not 20 years, but I guess, what, about 13 or so. Um, what have been your experiences and how it's impacted the community and, and these women and their children? Yeah, actually, I've been helping for about 17 years okay. since St. Since Anna Jochum, right. but then physically being up here just about 13 uh, years. Uh, and um, um, forgive me, your question was to, to how I impacted the women and children. Yes, how, how do you see yeah. the Gianna home impacting the women and children and the whole community? Um, yeah, it's amazing. You know, they're, they're, as Mary Pat mentions, they're very much alone, hurting, scared, and, you know, other things, too, that, that they just uh, maybe some personal struggles. And and so just to be loved, to be mm. um, surrounded, to, to be walked with, right? The, you know, we see that, you know, the, the ministry of presence, like in death or grieving, and just to be present to someone, you know, it gives us that strength. We need that. Someone has cancer. You walk with them. And so, so that's what is happening with these women, and, and, and we truly love them. We care for them. We take care of their needs. We're, we're helping them uh, also spiritually and introducing them to maybe a deeper uh, sense of God in their, in their life. And so it's, it's, it's the holistic approach of, of um, uh, bringing them to a, to a higher place. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and their children, too, you know, that, that we love them, take care of them, you know, any parent loves when their child is loved. Yes, you know? yes. Uh, you know, so it's, it's, you know, it's a compliment or it's, it's beautiful. It's very um, wholesome. And so, uh, so often I, after the mothers leave and the, the child, you know, I, I knew the child as a little baby or they knew my voice. And, and yet several years later, as the child's growing six, seven, eight, nine, they remember me. Mm. You know, so yes. fatherhood is so innate in our nature. It, it's so necessary and so innate that, that we need that, right? We need the affirmation of the Father. We need the love, the security, the support uh, of the Father. And that's, that affects these mothers and especially their children. I see it so often. They're, they're so open to me because they've been here in those critical formation you know, years at the very beginning of their life. Wow, we're talking with Father Joseph Christensen and Mary Pat Yanner about the St. Gianna and Pietro Mala Maternity Home up in Warsaw, North Dakota. When we come back, we'll have some stories of people who have gone through, and we'll really dig into the importance of fatherhood and motherhood and the family. You're listening to Real Presence Live, and we'll be back right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Creatures that can be one with Christ. In the New Testament, Christ is referred to as the second Adam, as the definitive Adam, and as the image of God. This means that in Him alone appears the complete answer to the question about what the human being is. Creation is, as it were, a preliminary sketch that points to Him. This relationship of creature to Christ, of the first to the second Adam, signifies that human persons are beings en route, beings characterized by transition. They are not yet themselves. They must ultimately become themselves. Human beings must die with Christ like a grain of wheat in order truly to rise, to stand erect, to be themselves. Human persons are not to be understood merely from the perspective of their past histories or from that isolated moment that we refer to as the present. They are oriented toward their future and only it permits who they really are to appear completely. We must always see in other human beings persons with whom we shall one day share God's joy. We must look upon them as persons who are called together with us to be members of the body of Christ with whom we shall one day sit at table with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and with Christ himself as their brothers and sisters, as the brothers and sisters of Christ, and as the children of God. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live. My name is Tim Moser, your host, coming at you from the Fargo studios. We're talking with Mary Pat Yonner and Father Joseph Christensen from the St. Gianna and Pietro Mala Maternity Home. Yes, you knew it as St. Gianna's, you know, up there in Warsaw. It's the same place. And we're talking with the executive director, Mary Pat, and then, of course, Father Joseph Christensen, who helps out as well. You know, Mary Pat, I was just thinking uh, over the break here, over these 20 years, you must have uh, some stories, you know, about some of the people and women and children that have gone through. Can you share one or two of those that uh, really have impacted you? Sure. Yeah, many, many stories. I mean, especially celebrating these 20 years, we kind of think back on everyone, and there's, there's just so many beautiful stories to see what God does or, you know, what our little parts can and should be in people's lives, too. So one that stands out very much is Tiffany, who came to us here as a 32-year-old, so a little bit older than some we have, and she was actually pregnant with her seventh baby and um, wanted to um, place that baby for adoption, and, and that story in and of itself is a beautiful story. But I think to focus on Tiffany, she was trying, um, but she had a very hard life. She was from one of the Native American Indian reservations, and she... Um, you know, really loved. She was beautiful. She was grateful, um, but had some hard times and many addictions had befallen her. Um, and so she came, and it was after Christmas, right after Christmas, um, and people had been generous to us, and one family in particular who helps us celebrate Christmas had given, you know, a gift certificate to get hair done and nails done and things. And so I was 
blessed to be able to be the one who got to go with Tiffany. And um, remember, she got pink nail polish. She didn't know if she was having a boy or a girl, but she had a little girl. And so um, ended up being providential um, mm-hmm. to that. And, you know, she got her hair, you know, even colored, and she looked like a million bucks. She had a beautiful new Christmas sweater on, and, and you know, I took a picture, and she said, I feel so loved. Mm. And I said, well, Tiffany, when was the last time you felt loved? And she said, well, when my grandma was alive. And I said, when was that? And she said, well, when I was 14. And so I think, you know, for someone, you know, we all have family, we all have friends, but there's a lot of people who don't have that, who don't have that to go from 14 years to 32 years old to feel loved for the first time. Um, It's really a profound statement, and I'll never forget that day. Um, That beautiful Tiffany ended up dying, you know, hard situation um, about a year and a half later. Um, but I know that during her time here, she was loved, and I feel like that's something that we all need to remember. You know, there are people around us who are who are that hurting, <laughs> and who need just a little bit to feel to feel like a queen, to know that they're loved by God and by others, even just you know for a day. And so Tiffany is one who very much stands out. Um, there's many others. You know, our little Chrissy came here as a 15 year old. Her dad had died in a tragic farming accident, and her stepmom was really struggling with, you know, grieving herself. And she she came here, you know, and she was a sophomore, and she ended up um, placing her little girl, Gracie, um, for adoption, too. And I remember, you know, she handed um, those birth, that birth couple um, her little treasure, Gracie, on the Feast of the Epiphany. It was, you know, January 6th. Um, and she put, placed her in their arms and, you know, just gave her all as this little girl, um, who had big dreams for this little baby and, um, and for herself. And she went on, um, you know, she's now a mom and she's a registered nurse, you know, of other children. And we had an event here in November where that Gracie and her adoptive couple, family, um, parents, you know, they came back here, Brent and Carla, and we were all together and Gracie's a beautiful 15 year old and the relationship that they have, the love that they have. It's really profound, and I know Chrissy said, you know, it's exactly what I hoped for, you know, exactly what I wanted and dreamed of, and if, if people saw the beauty of, of adoption and stories, and I think with so many of our women, if, you know, they come here when they're sad and there's tragedy, you know, or, or hard times, they're alone, and they're frightened, but, you know, if you just give it time, these stories turn into really beautiful stories, because when we choose life, you know, mm. God is always there, and He will always bless that. Absolutely. Be- two beautiful stories, Mary Pat. You know, Father, what that makes me think of, you mentioned earlier about fatherhood, and you mentioned the word love, how Father loves. Those stories, Mary Pat, talk all about love, right? Not feeling love for 18 years in the first case, right? And feeling that yeah. love, and then giving that love, handing your child over to another couple who you know will love that child because you know it's the best thing for the child. But I can't help but think, yeah, all the good work St. Gianna's Home has done. It's kind of a sad statement, though, that there has to be this way because of the breakdown of the family and fatherhood. I know you love talking about fatherhood. Can you address that breakdown a little bit and some of the things we can do maybe to help? Uh, absolutely, uh, Tim. And even just uh, an add-on to that, the story, Mary sure. Pat mentioned she felt like a queen. We, we had a resident here who, um, during the time one of our former house mothers came back to Warsaw and got married in the Warsaw church. Mm, <laughs> and, uh, and so they got to witness that. And, 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 and she said, she's a princess. She's just like a princess. She looks like a princess. Beautiful. So it so inspired yeah. the, the, the resident mother mm-hmm. to see, you know, this Catholic couple, beautiful wedding, beautiful church, 
and then that that was important that she came back here to get married. She lived in southwest um, Minnesota, and she came here to get married. The house mother, the former house mother, mm-hmm. uh, you know. So it inspired, right? It it, right. it, it gave hope, and and um, and so it's um, that's that's what the the fatherhood is 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 needed, right? Our fathers encourage us, or should, and guide us, and and, and affirm us, and um, and so these these women um, um, definitely need that. But but there's there's a breakdown uh, as I as I mentioned that. Um, how many, uh, how many uh, criminals are in prison, and they and they come from, uh, you know, fatherless families. I mean, it's just a high a high statistic in that, and so um, there's there's that um, breakdown, the failure, or just they're not present um, to to the children, to the spouse, to to the family unit, and um, and so uh, if you don't if you don't have that affirmation, you know when. You see it all the time in a sports game, or um, when a, when a child does something, whatever it is, you know, they're doing ballerina, they're doing baseball, they're doing whatever it is, and and they swing and and hit the ball or whatever it is, they they always look for their parent in the crowd or look for their parent in the stands, like they like they have to make that to, to see that affirmation that I, okay, I did well, you know, that was good, or I'm I'm with you, you know, good job. And, um, and and so when you don't have that, when you don't have that, you're you're very lost <laughs> uh, because you're you know you don't have that compass of either the the parent, the authority saying you did well or no that wasn't a good choice you need to do this or do it this way, and just their example right their examples speak louder than than words even um, you know so in the in that family setting one just the father being present and two. Uh, being there to pray, being high, hardworking, uh, uh, supportive, uh, generous, kind—you know—all those virtues and aspects—and and when that's when that's missing, then then it's no wonder that they're turning to drugs, or they're turning to worldly things, or they're turning to worldly pleasures that are uh, sinful and, and difficult situations where they're not respected because they haven't learned how to be respected. <clears throat> and so, um, yeah, the fatherhood. The, the breakdown is is really affecting uh, um, family life, and because of that, these individual women, especially, then of course, then it's, <laughs> it involves their children or the men in their life who haven't learned to be responsible, haven't learned to be respectful, haven't learned to to be hardworking, or, or et cetera. Um, and so, uh, we really need a renewal, uh, especially of the family unit, starting at, at that level um, to 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 restart things, to, to rebuild things. And so our marriage programs and just uh, uh, marriage preparation is, is so, so important. Yeah, absolutely. And you, such great insights there, Father. I appreciate that. And being present as a father, being loving as a father, sacrificing yourself for the good of your family. I, I can tell as a husband and father, I actually look forward to going home and to be present with my son, to be present with my wife. That is so key, that love, that acceptance, that, that relationship building. And so, so many times I think guys substitute making a living for making a life, right? I have to earn more money or do more things. I mean, what does Mother Teresa say, right? If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. <laughs> I think that, right. that's impressive. Right. Mary Pat, from a woman's point of view, how do you see these things? Well, I think Father summed it up very well. As um, usual. <laughs> you know, I would just encourage, right, that St. Gianna and Pietro put them together 
read read their books, you know, Journey of Our Love and, you know, another one that will be coming out shortly here, too, because they really have it all. That's how you start. You saw how they dated, how they were madly in love, but that the Lord was the center of it. And when Father says marriage prep, that's where it begins if people are trained right and look forward to being parents and loving. And we start out with little ones who know that they are loved, who know that they are affirmed, and who know the Lord and who know the truth, <laughs> what's right and what's wrong, versus everything being relative in the middle. I think, you know, we can change. And so really, um, you know, it's marriage and family um, that we need to work on in order to <laughs> to see the beauty of life, you know, to end abortion and to end all the other crazy things that are happening in today's society and today's world. So true, so true. Well, let's talk about your 20th uh, anniversary celebration coming up here, March 9th. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that and what people can expect and how they can get involved. Um, Well, we've been celebrating for a whole year, starting last August, and March 9th is actually our youth day, our youth event. Ah, okay. And so we have a registration online for that, um, followed right after March 10th, 11th, and 12th. We have a pro-life Lenten mission that we're doing as well, um, and that would be Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday night, starting at 5.15 here. We'll have a simple meal, and then confessions, and then a talk. Father Greg Hammond, Father Jeff Epler, and Father Joseph Christensen will we'll each speak one of the nights, and um, there'll be confessions available. Um, probably our biggest event of the whole year will be April 16th. It's our Canticle Praise Banquet, um, and we'll have registration opening for that um, in two days, on on February 15th here, we've kind of done one event at a time, but we have um, Cardinal Raymond Burke is coming for that, and Dr. Gianna Manuela, and really just um, a celebration of our 20 years. We'll have some of the mothers speaking as well, and different people who have been a part of it. We'll start with Mass at St. Michael's in Grand Forks at 4 o'clock, and then it will move to the Alera Center, where we'll have our, our banquet and, and really celebrate um, and give gratitude um, for all that God has done in these past 20 years. That's wonderful. Father, any final thoughts for us? Um, just back to the fatherhood, you know, uh, with Adam, God God gave the command to uh, create life and then to till the garden, to protect the garden, to protect what he's given him, especially family. And so um, that's it's just to sum it up in a, in a nutshell, like, uh, the Father is the giver of life, and of course, in Genesis, we see that God blessed them, He married them, and then He said, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> and so, in a married uh, uh, situation, that they give life and then provide, that is protecting and affirming and loving uh, uh, the, the life that they, they have given. Beautiful. Father, that sums it up so well. Father and Mary Pat, thank you so much. St. Gianna and Pietro Mala Maternity Home, thank you so much for all your work, and God bless you and your efforts. You're welcome. God bless you, too. When when we come back, another important element of the pro-life mission, crisis pregnancy centers. And so we will talk with one of them about this right after this commercial. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. As you think about your future, there is one more thing you can do 
Write or update your will and estate plan. If you pass away without a plan, all you have worked for in life, both financially and emotionally, will be decided and divided by someone you may have never met before. We have some tools to help you in your planning. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call Mike at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Acts 1-8, Jesus tells the disciples to go back to Jerusalem. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. The word translated as power is also the root for our word for dynamite. Jesus is promising an explosive power that will enable us to witness to the nations and live a powerful Christian life. That same powerful Holy Spirit is received in baptism and confirmation. As baptized and confirmed Catholics, we already have all we need to live life through the power of the Holy Spirit. If we remove the obstacles of our own understanding and lack of preparation and move with the Holy Spirit into the mission He has given us, we will change the world. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. 